Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is My Kind of Man, the podcast about Man Library. My name is Toby Hines. I'm the head of operations and outreach at Man Library. Hi, Toby. I'm Matt Ryan, your instructional technology coordinator here at the library. Matt, it's nice to see you. It's nice to see you. It's been a little while since we've been here. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little while. It's, it's been a little while. It's been a, a busy winter, a busy spring. Mm-hmm. We've changed studios. Yes. Actually, I think our listeners um, probably would like to know that the interview room, which is where Matt and I record My Kind of Man. That's true. Formerly was in the basement of Man Library mm-hmm. and is now located on the second floor of Man Library, right next to the gallery where we do a lot of our exhibits. Yes. Um, we think that this is a really nice change for our users because actually you get increased access to the interview room. Mm-hmm. So this is a room that can be booked for people who want to do um, uh, long distance interviews, uh, Skype interviews, video conferencing. Yes. Um, and it is now reservable all the hours the library is open. Wonderful. It's not hidden in the basement anymore, and it's not yep. restricted to basement hours. Exactly. It's a nice space, too. Yeah, it is. I like these um, these sound panels that you put up here. These yes. are nice. Makes it cozy in here. <laughs> it's a very attractive room. <laughs> that comes across on the podcast. I think that's really clear <laughs> from the sound of our voices. <laughs> so I want to ask you a question. Okay. Have you noticed... Anything new around the library recently? No, nothing comes screaming to mind. Okay. I've sort of had my head down and I'm involved in a lot of projects. So. Okay. Well, the reason I ask is because we've actually put some new signage around the library, mm-hmm. uh, around our waste and recycling bins, to help people figure out what can be recycled and what can be just put thrown away. Um, with some actual guidelines on how to recycle these items. Oh. So we actually worked with the Cornell Sustainability Office to design some of these new posters. And I don't think this is exclusive to Man Library. I've actually seen a lot of other places on campus Mm -hmm. putting up some new signs that are a little more helpful in um, guiding us on to what can be recycled, what can be composted, what can be thrown out. We need that guidance, especially with the new changes with China not taking some of our recycling that they used to take. Because of user error, let's say, um, in many cases. So that really, um, I think part of the reason that we've done this is we are doing a big recycling campaign here at Man Library. Mm -hmm. Um, But in addition to that, I've been thinking a lot more about just sort of my personal practices of recycling because I know a lot of us are doing it wrong. Do you know how I know that we're doing it wrong? Have you been ticketed? Yes. (laughs) Have you been ticketed yet? No. It's very shaming. <laughs> so, no, we haven't been. We haven't been ticketed. That's very good. Um, you should feel proud of that. It's uh, something that's, you know, Tompkins County offers curbside recycling. Right. And um, I noticed one day when I came home after recycling day that there was a large yellow sticker on the front of my oh. recycling bin because apparently we had accidentally put a plastic bag. In our recycling bin. And um, they wouldn't take it. Right. So I think I remember seeing something in the shame pages in the local paper. I mean, and that sticker won't come off. Like, I tried to peel it off. I, I, You're never going to pick up recycling again. So it was very um, effective. I, mm. I've been very much more thoughtful about this. You know, we do single stream recycling here in Tompkins County, which means that um, to make it a little bit more convenient for people who participate, you can include everything. Everything um, goes in one basket. In one bin. And then it gets sorted at a recycling facility. 
Um, but I was started to think about what are some of the common things that we're doing wrong with our recycling. Um, and, you know, I think the process of recycling is actually fascinating. I, did, I read a really interesting interview with a woman who um, works for it's Green America. So this is actually a environmental and social justice organization. And this woman, Beth Porter, um, who is the is the climate and recycling director, uh, in 2018 published a book called Re- Reduce, Reuse, Reimagine, Sorting Out the Recycling System. And so I just happened to listen to a podcast where she was being interviewed, and then I sort of followed up by going to the website and reading another interview with her. It's mm-hmm. all very interesting. Mm-hmm. She talks about the history of recycling, how you know what we think about recycling, you know, is just you know, cur- basically curbside recycling and what we what we do there, but how that's just like one piece sure. of this very intricate system and this, and this process. Yeah. Um, so and then she actually was really helpful in listing some of the most common recycling mistakes that people are making. Oh, and do you have those? I have them. I have them because I was like, listener. Oh, Toby's very excited right now. <laughs> Matt, you're being very indulgent, and I, I appreciate you going with me on well, this course, journey right course, now. <laughs> I, I guess I'm surprised that I've never been ticketed for mm. curbside recycling. I've yeah. received tickets for other things, but never for <laughs> curbside recycling. Let the record show. <laughs> um, and yeah. I don't know why. I know that we're fairly mindful of what goes in there and yeah. what doesn't. Yeah, that's good. And, and and what's nice is that actually the Tompkins Waste Management site website has uh, a page where you can search things. If you if, uh, What do I do? I think it's called the searches, what do I do with? And you can actually mm-hmm. type in something mm-hmm. if you're not sure, and it will give you some guidance on what to do with that. So that's a really nice mm-hmm. service that they provide mm-hmm. online. Um, but I've, I've sort of got my list here. Yes, I'm eager of- to hear it. Okay, so um, something that uh, Beth Porter talks about in, 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 I presume her book, but also in these interviews, is something called wish cycling. Wish cycling. So if I have something mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do with it, but I wish it could be recycled. That's it. And it goes. And it goes. Now, what would be an example? Um, I think something. Shoes. <laughs> Maybe shoes. <laughs> probably just go to Goodwill, dude. <laughs> Um, I think so you you hit the nail right on the head with what what that is Um, and what happens when we do this is so like say for example plastic bags bags. that could be something that Mm -hmm. would be wish cycled is we add things that aren't accepted into the curbside recycling and that really just slows down the whole system by doing that well somebody has to take it out exactly and it's a person I suspect it's a person not a machine yeah, it's often being hand hand sorted by yeah. someone at the facility. Yeah. Um, so it adds extra transportation related emissions. Yeah. You know, it really increases the costs for recycling facilities. Frequently, um, things like batteries and electronics that are wish cycled actually can be dangerous. They can increase the risk of fire at these facilities. Mm-hmm. So that's why you know I sort of put that plug in for um, the recycling recycling and materials management of Tompkins County site and the what do I do with search feature. Mm-hmm. So if you're not clear, you can actually. Look it up. Right on your phone. Yeah. Very easy. So that was a good one. That's now, good I one. talked about plastic bags. You did. These are actually only recyclable through those special drop-off bins at the grocery store. I remember, yes. Yeah. Uh, one of our major grocery stores had one. Yeah. Um, apparently, the, one of the reasons that we don't accept them, they're very flimsy, which is part of the reason they can't be you know, broken down at these recycling facilities. Um, and they can get erroneously sorted at the facilities and actually cause contamination. And they can get caught in the machinery, which then necessitates everything being shut down. And to repaired. Be out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why uh, you may get dinged for that if you accidentally <laughs> Include them, but you know, <laughs> learn from my mistakes. Yes. We learn more That's from our mistakes, here, right? Listener, yes, we're here. The wisdom <laughs> right. of the man podcast. 
Um, another another common mistake that people are making is contamination um, with their with their items. So is, does that mean something that's dirty? That's a big one. Um, that's something that they talked a lot about in this article, and that's something that a lot of our new signs that are up around the library yeah. talk a lot about. Um, you really need to be careful about getting all the food waste out of your recyclables yeah. before you put them yeah. in the curbside yeah. recycling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tips that you need to make sure you're doing is that you're scooping out any excess food, you're rinsing it, and then you're drying it before you put it into mm-hmm. bins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't need to be, you know, really pretty. You know, that was something that she really emphasized is that we're not looking for, you know. You don't need to be able to eat out of it. but Right. It yeah. needs to be relatively clean and yeah. free of food. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do that. Good. Good for you. And then another one that she made me think about, and this actually, you just thought about this as well, is that broken glass is a really big contaminant in curbside recycling. Um, obviously, glass is recyclable. Oh, but broken glass? But broken I guess glass, we would just throw that away. Good. But you should, because um, it can really ruin the entire batch of recyclables, and it's very hazardous, as you noted, for right. the people who are doing the sorting right. at right. the facilities. Right. Um, so it's important to remember when you're doing this, I think a good sort of frame of mind to get into is that there's a person on the other side of yeah. this, um, mm-hmm. and let's try to make the process. It's a fascinating tour to go down to the local recycling site. Yeah, they do offer tours. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So those are just a couple of the highlight highlights that I wanted to share that I found really interesting. Um, I think um, the, the the power of the public shaming has really turned me around, and I'm much more um, thoughtful when I'm. Well, you're I'm certainly doing open this. about it. <laughs> well, everybody knows because everyone in my neighborhood saw. Is it, um, when you go down your street, people point, or is that stopped? They throw things at me. There she is. Try recycling this. <laughs> Toby, what's today's topic? Today's topic is teaching sustainability, which I tried to do a little bit at the beginning of the show, as you may have noticed. You did. Yes, you were teaching sustainability. Now, that sounds like a big topic. Are we going to be able to cover that in one episode? Um, I don't think so. I think that would be a monster of an episode. So we're going to break this down into two episodes. Um, And we have some very special guests joining us for part one. Toby, who is our first guest today? So we actually have two special guests we're going to talk to today. Um, the first is Ashley Shea, who listeners may remember from an earlier episode. Mm-hmm. And um, joining her and us is Matt Ryan. The other Matt Ryan. <laughs> Not to be confused with my co-host, Matt Ryan. The other Matt Ryan. <laughs> Depending who you're talking to. Depending who you're talking to. The other Matt Ryan. Yes. And Matt Ryan, Assistant Professor of Soil and Crop Sciences in the School of Integrative Plant Science, or SIPS. SIPS. Yes. Um, so we had these guests joining us today because Ashley and Matt work together very frequently. Mm-hmm. Ashley is the liaison to um, Matt Ryan's department. Right. And they work on a film, a student film series for the Sustainable Agriculture class. And uh, we are doing, this is part one of our two-part teaching sustainability series. Yes. We, what we'd like to do is talk about just that, really, mm-hmm. teaching sustainability. And we've got a couple of faculty members that do a really innovative thing in their course. Mm-hmm. Matt uses a video component and he has all of his students. I think they can work in small groups, but he has everyone make a video mm-hmm. highlighting some portion of uh, agricultural sustainability. But instead of me explaining it, 
Why don't we have him explain Let's it? Let's have the other Matt Ryan explain it. And they'll join us just right after this musical break. Toby, we've got some exciting guests in the studio today with us. Yes, we do. And we'll let them introduce themselves so we don't um, butcher their titles. <laughs> Which we're very good at doing. Good morning, Ashley. How are good morning. you? I'm doing well. How are you? And Ashley, are you Ashley Shay. Yep. And can you tell us what your title is here at the library? Yes. So my new title is, and I say new, I used to be the food and agriculture librarian. But as of January 1, I'm now the head of instruction initiatives here at Man. Congratulations on your promotion. Oh, thank you. <laughs> And our very special guest today, <laughs> our first non-library guest, is Professor Matt Ryan. Hi. Hi, Matt. <laughs> yes, that's right. We have two Matt Ryans in the studio. Um, be honest. Do you guys get each other's mail? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and you are a faculty member in Crop and Soil Sciences, is that correct? It is now Soil and Crop Sciences, Great. the uh, section yep. within the School of Integrative Plant Sciences. Wonderful. And how yep. long have you been at Cornell? So, since 2012. And I don't think we asked Ashley that question. How long have you been at Cornell? Since 2014. Okay. Oh, great. Very good. So the reason we asked you on, Matt, is because, and Ashley, is your sustainable agriculture course. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that course? Sure, sure. This is a, a really fun course. This is uh, for incoming uh, students, uh, so undergraduate students, and it, it's really an introduction to agriculture. So it's uh, a lot of times it's for students uh, who have not had a lot of experience with agriculture. It's uh, quite a mix in the class. We have um, those students that don't have experience, but also students that come from farm backgrounds, and uh, and we really cover the the basics of uh, of agriculture and introduce them to the different issues in sustainability. Is this a course that's offered every year? It is, in the fall. In the fall every year. Yes. Okay. And about how large is the class size, typically? Well, we typically have about 65 students. Okay. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a large class. And this, uh, this course is also required for agri agricultural science majors. Very good. So let's get right into the nuts and bolts of the course. You do, you have a very unique project. I think it's unique. <laughs> that you require every student to do. Yes. A video project. Correct. So how long have you been doing the video project portion of this class? <laughs> Since uh, 2013. Okay. So uh, this, uh, this project, it started as a extra credit assignment for, mm -hmm. for students. And, and then it, uh, it blossomed into this uh, really a, a, a cornerstone of, of the course. And so and uh, with the help of, of Ashley mm -hmm. over the years. And, and to me, it, it's really one of the um, uh, unique aspects, of course. But uh, also, uh, it's, a, it's a real treat um, for me and for the other people involved uh, to work with the students on on the, the film assignment and then to uh, the film festival at the end of the semester is uh, when it all comes together we uh, we get together in Man Library mm -hmm. and uh, and we have a, um, a bit of a, uh, a party I would say <laughs> uh, where yeah. we review each other's uh, films and uh, we provide feedback on on the student films, uh, everyone participates in that, and uh, a lot of times we have popcorn, and it's <laughs> it's a really fun event. Yeah, are these um, individual projects or are they group projects? Can you tell us a little bit more about what the the parameters of the project? 
Yes, sure, sure. So, um, so the students have the option to either work individually or work in a group, mm -hmm. and uh, we uh, we try to encourage them to work together. Um, some students uh, find that um, they prefer to work alone, but uh, there are, is a lot of flexibility, and and we uh, set it up so that the students um, uh, need to focus on an aspect of sustainable agriculture, and there are different types of films that have been produced over the years, um, ranging from. Um, uh, sort of informational uh, types of films or promotional films. There's been a, a number of promotional films uh, promoting Dillman Hill, for example, uh, the student farm at uh, Cornell University, uh, but also music videos and uh, different types of interviews. It's it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. really. Um, as someone who has seen some of them, I can con I can confirm that <laughs> that they get really creative. So definitely, Ashley, what has your involvement been um, on the project? Yeah, so it's really grown over the years. The first year, it was really just explaining the offerings that we could provide at MAN for the students. So we have videography equipment here that we can check out. Um, we also have support that Matt provides in terms of lacing together footage and, and editing it in programs. Um, it then evolved into also helping students deposit and assign Creative Commons licensing to their product so it could be deposited in an online repository here at Cornell called eCommons. I think that's a really cool component because students then realize that they are creators as well as consumers of information. And by assigning that Creative Commons license, they realize the, the quality, but also the length and the legs that this product can have beyond uh, just the creation for the class. Mm -hmm. So that's been a cool part. I run the popcorn maker when we're <laughs> doing that critical that We can critical always tell piece. when the film festival is happening because we can, because smell, we can smell, smell, smell the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> but you do more than just than just that. I mean, especially in the early years, you were very involved. You offered mm -hmm. editing instruction mm -hmm. courses. That's true. Would you go to the farm and shoot video? Yeah, yeah. So you're reminding me of a lot <laughs> that has happened. Yeah, so we have, throughout the years, tried to give more skills to the students in terms of how to shoot really good footage, how to then edit it. And so that took um, me taking cameras to the farm on one of the field trips. One of the cool components of this class is that they're not just sitting in a classroom. They're actually going out to different farms and seeing different models of sustainability throughout the region. Uh, so there are many different pieces of information being consumed, both what they're seeing when they're actually physically on a farm, but also research articles. Mm. Um, and so this video is just one component of it. But at one field trip, we do take the videos out. The students get to play around with it, capture some footage, ask questions of the farmers, and then they come back to the lab, and we have taken that footage that the students have collected and taught them how to create a storyboard from mm -hmm. that right. and how to then right. lace it together in iMovie. Um, they would come into the library and use the Mac editing lab. So, yes, I would teach sessions on that, how to, you know, little things, how to add music, how to clean up footage that they have collected. So, yeah, it really has morphed over the years mm -hmm. into, into a big component of the class. Yeah. And it's a big part of the grade, right, Matt? Absolutely. Yeah, I believe it was eighteen percent of the grade uh, uh, last wow. semester, and and so um, and another reason uh, why we're trying to do this is is really giving the students an opportunity to develop different school skills that they're not getting in uh, in other courses, and mm -hmm. and uh, you know the world is, is changing, right? Yeah. And so you know the standard uh, format of giving the students an essay or a report to write, I feel like um, uh, we're we're going beyond that and and really giving them something that they can uh, utilize and and that I think is going to become more common and. Uh, uh, more useful in the future. 
these skills or assignments like this? Uh, both, the skills and the assignments like this, exactly. I think it's a great idea, very innovative. Mm -hmm. What's the reaction been? <laughs> they just look at each other. <laughs> so some students, they, they absolutely love it. It's their yeah. favorite part of the course. They really get into it and they, they run with it. They, uh, they work with Ashley and Matt and other people here um, at, at Man Library. And, uh, you know, and I feel like it really changes you know, their interests you know, by going through the assignment. So that's been one of the you know, most beautiful outcomes is that people really uh, you know, take an interest to uh, videography and, uh, and shift their career path. Really. Mm -hmm with uh, you know, moving towards this uh, communication and, and, and really trying to um, uh, yeah, develop the, the skills more and, and uh, make, uh, make it a, a larger part of their future. Other students, yeah, they do struggle and because it is uh, something new for a, lot of new for a lot of these students. It's a, uh, it's a different type of assignment. And for students who aren't as familiar with technology, I'd say uh, those are the students that um, tend to... Um, you have a little bit more trouble with it, but I, I do feel like it's it's worth their time to uh, to learn these skills and to get familiar with uh, videography with uh, technology. So uh, sometimes it's it's forcing them uh, out of their comfort zone, and mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's um, that's what we're we're trying to do at uh, at a university um, and with undergraduate classes is uh, really broadening uh, their um, their horizons and uh, their experiences and uh, and pushing them a little bit further than uh, what they've done in the past. Yeah. So beyond kind of um, evaluating, obviously, what they've learned in the course, right, um, how else are, are you guys grading the assignments? What other criteria um, are you evaluating the, the final projects on? So one thing is the quality of the message. How clear does that come through in the video? Mm -hmm. And we've spent a lot of time throughout the years trying to talk amongst ourselves as instructors, how do we teach students to have a clearer message, how mm -hmm. to support that message? Um, one of the things that we have seen is that students typically rely on student testimony a lot to mm. weave into their narrative. That can be good if it's supporting a certain point. That can also muddy the message a little bit if the students that they're interviewing don't necessarily have much to contribute to the conversation. <laughs> sure. So we've talked a lot about the quality of the message, how to weave evidence in to support their message, what different kinds of evidence could look like. It could be an interview, but it could also be highlighting government data or research studies, that kind of thing. Creativity is another thing, so we really do appreciate when students take some fun and, and really weave into their personal traits and characteristics into the video when they have a music background and they incorporate that in or they have an interest in certain things. Um, and then there are more technical things mm -hmm. like audio, sound, visual, um, timing and pace, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the, uh, the emphasis on the message... Um, supporting arguments, those are really skills that transcend the media, mm. right? Yes. I mean, that's, those are skills that you can use in an oral presentation or a paper or a grant writing proposal or sort of anything. Absolutely. And that's, I'll say, one of the cool things I like about this class is that there are many different kinds of assignments mm -hmm. that largely are teaching these skills and they do transcend from one to the other. There's a farmer's market assignment in which mm -hmm. students are asked to go speak to vendors at the local farmer's market. How do they then take that evidence, so to speak, and weave that into their narrative that they're creating afterward? 
I remember that from, I've been to some of these film festivals, and I remember that, um, a lot of farmer market interview um, components to some of the videos in, in the past. So, yeah, I remember some that. Some students combine their assignments, yeah. and then when they're down at the farmer's market uh, collecting data, they yeah. also shoot some footage. Smart. So. <laughs> yeah. What have been some of the more surprising outcomes of, of the project? Like, I don't. I hesitate to say like what are your favorite ones that that have been created. Um, there's definitely one in my mind that I'm remembering and thought of immediately when we decided we wanted to interview you guys. But I'm kind of wondering about your own kind of. I don't know if if one that just really caught you off guard was just really surprising and creative, or um, if the message was incredibly strong. Does any of them come to mind? I'm thinking of one. It was called New Hands from several years ago, and what I've really appreciated from that particular student's project was that he actually took the time to interview a state legislature in New York. And so it was really, I think, informative to the process to have his voice in the conversation. And that's something that hasn't been done since, I don't think. So having an elected official speak about policies related to agriculture in this state that was relevant to these students, I thought was really cool. And and not to mention that particular video was just beautifully done. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, the message was there, the Creativity was there, but it was also very visually appealing as well. Yeah, yeah, that was one of uh, my favorites as well. And and uh, again, the message. Uh, this uh, person's Dan Chamberlain was the, the student who who created that film, and and uh, and he really focused on the issue of uh, aging farmers. Uh, yeah. We we in uh, currently in the United States, the uh, average age of the farmer is about fifty nine years old, and and we, uh, there's a need for younger people to to uh, get into farming and to start farming. If, uh, if we are serious about food security and uh, sustainable agriculture, that's uh, something that we all need to be thinking about and need to work on. And, and he just uh, approached that from uh, such a, a, a beautiful perspective and was able to highlight this issue in a way that I have not seen before. So. Oh, wonderful. What have been some of the just personal joys from this when the semester closes or, or you know or some of the surprises working with students seeing their pieces just the whole experience you know what are the things that really make both of you proud two things come to my mind so we did have a student about a year after having submitted her film write to me and ask if she could have uh, if it could come down from e-com and so she could temporarily submit to a bigger film festival. So I thought that was really, really cool wow. and exciting that she was still thinking about this project a year after the fact. We ended up removing it from e-commons just so it wasn't you know, submitted in two places and so others couldn't find it and also do anything with it. Uh, I don't know what happened to that, mm-hmm. but I thought that that was really cool. And in terms of what makes me feel proud, some of the comments at the end of the semester are really nice and heartwarming. Mm-hmm. And students clearly, I mean, certainly some, I think, don't necessarily appreciate this project and what we're trying to achieve, but some really do. And, and you see that in the comments, things like this has been the best class of my time at Cornell. This has been something that's pushed me, but I've learned a lot. Those mm-hmm. kinds of comments mm-hmm. stick with you. Absolutely, and and uh, as Ashley was mentioning, uh, it's after years go by, and and you see students, and you remember their films, and yeah. and, and to me that that's one of the most amazing things is uh, that you you can clearly remember exactly what their film was about, and and some of the other assignments, um, it's not as clear, and mm-hmm. but that's uh, how I can pick out students. I was like, oh, okay, so you you did the Pittsburgh project, yeah. and. <laughs> the Seller Film Festival, Future Farmers. So, yeah. um, and, and it provides a, a connection you know, mm-hmm. with the students. So you can always uh, 
uh, talk about the films and and uh, and it's these they come up. I often share when I'm uh, giving uh, uh, references uh, for students and uh, writing reference letters for students who are applying for new jobs. Um, uh, I will mention the films and I will also uh, direct them so that they can see the films that are on e-commons. And a lot of times I feel like having that personal connection with the students and being able to see a little bit more about who they are and, and how they think about things is really helpful uh, for students moving in, on with their careers. What ha So you mentioned that the pro you started designing the film project in 2013. Ashley came to join the library in 2014. What has the partnership with, with Ashley and with Mint Library um, maybe brought to the, the class and to the assignment? It really elevated the quality <laughs> of the, the assignment, I would say. We love hearing that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 uh, yeah, night and day difference. Uh, mm -hmm. In the past, uh, when I was first trying to do this, and especially that first year as an extra credit assignment, it, we were, uh, it was really rough. Mm -hmm. And uh, not only, you know, the quality of the, the film, but just the whole process, you know, showing it, you know, to the students. Uh, once Ashley uh, got involved, it, it really transformed the whole assignment. And uh, she, I feel like the reason why it is, such a, a beautiful assignment now is because of all the work that uh, that Ashley put into it and, and helping create create this um, this experience for the students. Great, wonderful. It's great to hear. <laughs> um, and finally, you've mentioned it a couple times, but for any of our listeners who might want to go and see some of these videos, I highly recommend the pea cycling video. That is the music video, um, kind of a parody of. Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus Wrecking Ball. Ashley knows exactly which one I'm talking about. That video is amazing. Um, so, yeah, if, if listeners wanted to go and, and maybe watch some of these videos, uh, where, would they, where would they go? They would go to eCommons. Okay. Um, and we can actually provide a link to that uh, maybe in the show notes of the episode as well. But um, can you say a little bit more about eCommons? Yeah. So eCommons is Cornell University's repository where you can find videos, you can find past dissertations, ebook prints. Uh, essentially any electronic mm -hmm. uh, object that is utilized both in classroom but also for scholarship. And what's great, as Matt alluded to earlier, is that students can go back and reference mm -hmm. this. This isn't a paper that they submit and it's handed to the professor and it's stuck in a filing cabinet right. for years. It's something that they can then go look at, point their parents to to look at as well. Or future employers. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so um, eCommons, and then within there, we've created a little collection that's called the PLSCS 1900 Sustainable, Video, Sustainable Agriculture Video Project. Okay. And we now have four years of videos there. So Excellent. It's, it's quite a collection that's growing. Do you refer um, students in the class to that when to look for inspiration and ideas about what they can do with the assignment? Absolutely. Yeah. When we start off and we introduce the assignment, we'll show some of our, our favorite films from mm -hmm. past years. And, uh, and it's really nice to be able to point them you know, to that resource. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah, so we will include that in our show notes so people can check them out. Great. Matt and Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. You guys have very busy schedules, but it was wonderful to talk to you. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming in, and and good luck as this goes on. You're going to continue the project, yes? Absolutely. Listeners, we're congratulating ourselves on our interview skills. We're awesome. <laughs> Toby, you're so good at making the guests feel at ease. Oh, thank you. I always think the same about you. I think you're really good at that. Um, just sort of 
naturally leading the conversation. Yeah, I try. Yeah, I try to ignore the microphone, ignore the headphones, yeah. and all the cables everywhere, and just talk. Just talk. Let's just talk. Yeah. But that really was so much fun that was, talking was with great. Matt and Ashley. Yeah. Um, you can really, I think their passion for the project really comes across. I and, so. and I love hearing about how the project has evolved since it was first conceived as, you know, an extra credit optional assignment to, you know, a significant, almost 20% of the students' grades yeah. is, is, is interesting. Um, and yeah, for our listeners who are interested, we'll include some instructions in our show notes about how to go and see those videos. That would be good. Because um, I think a lot of them are so creative. They're I loved good. the ones that they were talking about, um, you know, the aging farmers. Mm-hmm, and yeah, mm-hmm, it's just really, mm-hmm. really wonderful. And I remember Dan. I remember Dan would come to me and ask questions about how do I do this? Oh, how do yeah. I do this? He showed me a rough cut of his video before yeah. he submitted it. And, yeah. And I think he went on to do more video work. I wouldn't be surprised. I remember that project as very well. It was very sophisticated. A professional and passionate. He, as yeah. Matt said, he really found his passion. And I think certainly with um, assignments like this, like like Matt was saying, like just you really get to see the students' um, perspective and their kind of their personality and their passion come oh, yeah. through maybe more than you would in you know a, tr- a traditional term paper assignment. Um, so I think that's for those of us who've gotten to see some of them and been involved in some way in terms of support, which you and I both have mm-hmm. um, for this project. It's just been that's been really a rewarding part of it, and I really thought that that was very clear from our interview with Ashley and Matt. So mm-hmm. no, yes, it was very good. I'm very glad they were able to come on. I want to just take a second to say that I've worked with Matt. Matt a little, mm-hmm. and he's a wonderful instructor. Yeah, and the students get a lot of encouragement from him, assistance from him, a lot of guidance. And I've watched, I've enjoyed watching him teach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that's very clear. Uh, you know, that comes across very clearly um, with the. And when you get to sit in on the class, it's just like how much respect um, the students have for him, but mm-hmm. how much they just like him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it was also very apparent from the conversation just how much that partnership with the library has really benefited the class and the project. Yeah, it's nice. Um, and that's, that's we always love to see that. And that's why we wanted to do these, this episode. So this has been part one. Part one. I was going to say this and next time's episode. Yes. Yep. So this is um, our teaching sustainability two-part episode. Um, and we hope you've enjoyed hearing our interview with Matt Ryan and Ashley Shea. And please um, tune into our next episode coming out in a few weeks. That will be uh, an interview with another faculty member and another Van Library staff member. Wonderful. So stay tuned. This has been My Kind of Man with Matt Ryan and Toby Hines. Produced and edited by Matt Ryan and Toby Hines with support from the Man Library Learning Technology Committee. You can reach out to us with feedback and suggestions at mykindofman at cornell.edu. This has been a production of Albert R. Mann Library. Thanks for listening.